Smith at his own 36. Down by three. Three wide to the right, one wide to the left. Mahomes over the middle. Cut Tyreek Hill at the 45. Angling right 40. 35. Cheetah. 25. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. Kansas City. A 64 yard touchdown. Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. And Mahomes has just set an all time National Football League record with his 24th touchdown in the postseason in his first 10 games. This none bigger, none bigger than this 64-yard catch and run. 32-29 Kansas City with a minute two to go in the game. Got to throw it right away right now, someone in the middle. Down the middle. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a 48-yard attempt. Only 48 yards. That's what it'll be. Just when Kelsey moved his leverage inside, I was like, he's going to throw this right here over the middle quickly. And how do you let him get that open? Hundreds of thousands around the planet. The kick is good! It's going to overtime! Whatever quarterback has the ball last, they'll win. Oh, well, guess what? They'll just give me three seconds. I'll just get down and, oh my gosh, this is the most perfect quarterback play to finish a full quarter, like, maybe ever. I mean, this is unbelievable back and forth. Big plays, smart plays. Oh. Well, if Buffalo doesn't win this game, they're going to rue the fact that Mahomes had only 13 seconds. 36-36 tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown. Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push fade comeback. And the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime. All right. And that was the hits from what is quite possibly the greatest football game I have ever seen in my life, no doubt the best I've ever been at. Welcome to the AI Podcast. This is now week 14. The Chiefs have only lost one game since we started this damn thing. (laughs) I'm running high off that game last week. Isaiah is in Nashville. I'm in Kansas City. It's great to be here tonight. We've got a great show in store Isaiah, how are things going for you? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's now Tuesday night when we're recording this, and I'm just still riding an emotional high from that Chiefs victory. Uh, you know, obviously, they pull it off in overtime. That the third, Not to jump too far ahead here, but just funny story really quick. 13 seconds left. My brother Zach walks in, and he's not a football guy, doesn't watch football. The Bills had just scored that touchdown. Zach's like, 13 seconds? That's enough time. They can put something together. And my dad my dad was out here for the weekend, and we both wanted to kill him. If I had a shoe on, I would have thrown it at his head. And 13 seconds is too much time for Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, I'm still on that high right now. That's the truth, and I, at full admission right here, I've never done cocaine, but I have <laughs> to imagine that this is what it feels like, baby. Um, Who needs anyways. it when you got this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, 
Last week, I got grilled for being a tease on this show. Uh, And much to your chagrin, our guest has agreed to come (laughs) back on. I'm thrilled. You guys are going to love it. Um, So here is our guest. Okay, now it's time to welcome on Pete Sweeney to the show, Editor-in-Chief of Arrowhead Pride. Pete, we really appreciate you taking some time this week to jump on and uh, take a break from your very busy schedule to to talk some Chiefs with us. First, I just, I mean, what a game. Have you seen a better football game anytime? No, I, I mean, I've been talking to people all week been fortunate enough to cover the Chiefs for eight seasons so I had the second season of Alex Smith and the drafting of Patrick Mahomes and I mean in in that span even even in the Alex days you can remember there were some exciting games right the Chargers comeback week one comes to mind and of course Patrick Mahomes has had his fair share game uh, or or his fair share of, of these exciting games I was even able to be at the Super Bowl in Miami and I'll tell you, I don't know if I've ever seen a game like this, even the Miami comeback, because there was so much time on the clock left. I mean, so much time. There was like six or seven minutes left, right, to be down uh, 10 points. But just the back and forth within the two-minute warning, that to me it, it is the most exciting game I've been to. And I, I'm calling it the best game I've ever covered. Now, of course, it's the Super Bowl, but just pure game. I've never seen a football game like that. No doubt. Absolutely incredible, Pete. Um, Now, obviously, this was a rematch of the regular season game. Uh, What do you think the primary difference was in this game for the Chiefs that allowed them to ultimately win this game? Well, I think they they took better care of the football. And and it was like dueling pianos between Beethoven, you know what I mean? And and one of the other classical artists that I mean, it was it it was a perfect performance literally by both quarterbacks. And uh, I think the chiefs played clean football and what it did was it gave him an opportunity at the end, as, as we're starting to see, this is going to be a rival to Patrick Mahomes that uh, can, can play with him a little bit, right? Josh Allen is one of these quarterbacks that we feel is going to be right there in the top five. They're about the same age. Patrick Mahomes is a little bit older. And I, I think the chiefs just took care of the football and they've adjusted to how some of the defenses were playing them this year. And we've really seen that growth from Patrick Mahomes, getting comfortable with not throwing the ball 20 yards down the field through the air all the time, getting comfortable with those short dink and dunk passes to the running back or the screens or having these designed runs where you have Nicole Hardman taking over. And then that kind of makes the defense respect you a little bit more. And so I think that was it. I think it just was playing a clean game and giving yourself an opportunity to be within one score at the end. Yeah, no doubt. And obviously there was a couple of things to be concerned with uh, moving forward. Of course, I was at the game. I didn't even realize it until someone told me uh, that the Honey Badger actually left the game um, after the first drive. And so I have to think that that had a negative impact upon what uh, the secondary was able to do, especially with Gabriel Davis. I I was sitting so high up, I couldn't tell who was catching the ball. Looking (laughs) at the stat line after the game, and seeing the numbers that he put up yeah. is a little concerning. Well, what is interesting about that is you would consider the Bills' top two threats to be who? Maybe Stefan Diggs. It would be Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox killed the Chiefs the last time. That was the game where Honey Badger was throwing his hands in the air. And they played against him pretty good. I just I think Tyron Matthew not being there allowed them to pick apart 
the weaknesses of the Chiefs defense. I forget Rashad Fenton didn't play in this game either. And so it just was one too many receivers to have to guard. And Gabe Davis rose to the occasion and made some pretty big catches while the Chiefs shored up digs and knocks and had good plans for them. So, you know, now you get to the AFC title. It's critical that he comes back. But it, because I, I think, and I've always said this about Tyron Matthew, he not only brings himself to the table i i feel that he gets everyone in order he he barks out commands he makes sure everyone is in the correct position and that is so important especially in the playoffs when the margin as we saw is so small i also have another take on this i just feel like if if honey badger had been playing you got to ask yourself are the bills able to put up 36 points and so we look at this game and and we're going to remember it forever because of the ending but is it even that close at the end if Tyron Matthew plays because the Chiefs were able to put up 36 points in regulation and then the 42? And I don't know if it is. And so, I, I you know, it, it was a tough injury. It was a concussion. But I don't know if this NFL classic that some people are calling the best playoff game ever or maybe the best game in NFL history, I don't know if it necessarily happens if Tyron Matthew is out of the lineup. The good news is, and, and this was according to Bob Fesco of 610 Sports Radio, colleague of mine, Chiefs are feeling optimistic that both of these players in Matthew and Fenton can return for the AFC title game. And I, I think that's huge, especially when you're going up against that receiving core and led by Jamar Chase, who had yeah. a, a nice game the last time. Yeah, he had, he had a pretty uh, solid game. Uh, the Chiefs struggled on fourth down and – uh, a little bit on third down, I think they ended up like Bills ended up like six for 14 um, yeah. on third down. But obviously, they were four for four on fourth. Uh, Spags tends to stick to his stuff. Uh, do you see him kind of changing, doing what he did against the Bills here with Stephon Diggs and kind of honing in on Jamar Chase as compared to leaving one on one like they did in the regular season? I think you have to change this, right? I, that's going to be the fir first thing I would test if I was Joe Burrow is is let's see what they're doing to to guard this guy and i made the point on on several shows and, and podcasts like i thought the coverage was pretty good on jamar chase the last time i thought Traverius ward mm -hmm. especially when ward was on him was doing a nice job it's just he is that caliber of a player here in in uh, he's a young player here and he's doing um, things that y you might see from veteran receivers where he's that at that level where you it's just Leaving him one-on-one -on -one is a non-option. Kind of reminds me of like the Rams-Bucks game the other day where it's like, how are they not guarding Cooper Cup in that spot? Oh the Chiefs, when, you know, third and long, they, they, they run this zero blitz. They leave him one-on-one, -on -one, and Burrow is that good. He can hit that throw for all the yards that he needs to get the first down. And so I don't know if you're spec Nolo, how you enter this game and leave Chase one-on-one -on -one at all. I, I don't think it's an option. If you're going to be beat, be beat by a Joe Mixon, be beat by a Tyler Boyd if it comes down to it. Don't, don't, let, um, don't let Chase beat you again after he dropped 266 yards in the, in the, in the regular season. Yeah, that would be an, an absolute travesty to, to see that happen again. And as oh. we know, I actually saw this stat too, Jamar Chase, that was like the 16th most wide receiving yards in a game in NFL history that he had <laughs> against the Chiefs. You know, you have to think, you know, that's not going to happen again, surely. Um, but one of the keys that I'm keeping an eye on moving forward into this game 
is the fact that blocking last week for the Cincinnati O-line was absolutely optional. They were revolving doors across the line. Do you think that if the Chiefs are able to even sack Joe Burrow, you know, half as many times, let's say four, maybe five sacks, that those are going to be pivotal plays in the game and uh, ultimately put the Bengals away rather than what the Titans did and allow them to, to stay in the game? Well, I, I think that the thing you learn is, and you try to learn lessons from all, every film that you watch, is Joe Burrow is not faced by getting sacked nine times. I mean, he's still getting up, dusting himself off. It didn't seem like, like you'll see sometimes with these other quarterbacks being in the Chiefs division, Philip Rivers comes to mind, Aaron Rodgers comes to mind, where they're sacked and they get up and you could tell they're even you know, yelling at their linemen or giving them the death eyes. But if you really watch Joe Burrow in this game, he wasn't doing that. I mean, he, it, and it's the, it's the poise of a, a veteran leader. And I think that's why the Bengals are here, here so early. I consider the Bengals here probably a year early. And so if I'm the Chiefs front four, I, I think two things. A, you're licking your chops because these are some of the best pass rushers in the NFL or should be when they're playing their best in Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram and Chris Jones. But B, just because you sack Joe Burrow even twice on a drive doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, it, it's, it's not a player like a – even a Tom Brady sometimes, the greatest quarterback of all time, you could say that he gets rattled when he's getting hit. I, I don't think it happens with Burrow. Now, I think it can impact some plays, and I think the Chiefs' offense is better. And if they're ruining as many drives as the Titans did, the Chiefs are going to win the football game. And I tend to think that's where they can win. But it's got to be a great concern. And that's the, that's the trade-off that, that the Bengals made by taking Chase, who was uh, Burrow's running mate uh, in college, was you're giving up some of that potential protection that you could have had, and who knows if it finally – bites them in this game. I, I think that's a great point, and I just wonder how much the Chiefs take advantage of that fact. I, I, I tend to think the front four and the front seven is very excited about what they saw last week. No doubt. And to get into just a little bit of the hype for the game, yeah. uh, I, got, I got to ask your opinion on Burrow's comment uh, about how the col- <laughs> all the college stadiums are louder right. than any place in the league. Well, he wasn't talking about Arrowhead, wasn't he? It was at Baltimore at the time, I believe. But uh, Baltimore can be rocking. It's not Arrowhead Stadium. I I consider the stadiums that really feel like they have an advantage are Green Bay. You wouldn't know it by the playoffs. Um, Seattle and the Chiefs Stadium, Arrowhead. I think New England, when New England is in a playoff game, that place is rocking. Um, And so... I don't know if he's really experienced anything like he's about to experience on Sunday. And if he wants to feel that way and and feel like he's experienced it before, then fine. Let it be a rude awakening because I think that's a a solid advantage in Kansas City. I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes plenty of times where that place gets buzzing. It it knows what's on the line and it causes a delay game or two false start. Uh, It's such an advantage, I think, especially when you start to get a little bit more momentum and the pressure is on the, the Bengals offense to, uh, produce and, and I think that's where where the defense can really win and, and I mean you've seen Chris Jones at these press conferences he's doing the DX crotch chop you can tell that <laughs> it, it really does matter to these these guys that the crowd is, is going after it and so yeah I, I don't think he he realized what he said um, I, I do feel it's a little unfair because he wasn't necessarily talking about Arrowhead Stadium but I, again he said NFL stadiums in general so that's yep. included in it yeah all right, well, before you go, when we have people on this show, 
they pick the game and they tell us why. And I'm going to preface this by saying we both looked at your pinned tweet on Twitter that you made before the season began. You said Chiefs and Rams in the Super Bowl. Are you sticking to that? Yeah, I have to. My teams are left there. I have to. Don't <laughs> click on that tweet because in the thread you'll see I got the conference title games very incorrect. But um, uh, what, as it turns out, and I've told people this because I, I've started to get some buzz about that um, this week because the Rams are still remaining. Last year, I had Chiefs over Bucks in that slot that I had pinned there, and I had the two teams right and get the final right. So I'm hoping that I get the teams right this time in the final. I think the best possible Super Bowl right now is Chiefs Buck or Chiefs Rams, I should say. I don't think uh, Chiefs fans necessarily are eager to see the 49ers. The 49ers probably would be an easier opponent, but I, I, I think a lot of fans around the country are saying, oh, anybody but the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are, are to that point. So I think a lot of folks will be rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals to play whoever. But I, if you're really taking any bias out of it, and I'm doing my best here, right, because I run Arrowhead Pride, for God's sakes, Chiefs-Rams is the best Super Bowl. I, it, it really is, if you really take your, your biases out of it. So I'm hoping for that. You know, I, I think it'll certainly be a bigger challenge than a San Francisco would be if the Chiefs are able to get by. But to me, the, these two offenses um, – going at each other, the offensive minds that are McVay and Reed and that potential rematch from what was a game played in the Coliseum, if you remember, because it was supposed oh to be in Mexico gosh. City. And, yep. and, and who knows if you get something like that again. But uh, uh, I know a lot of Chiefs fans would be like, nothing like that Chiefs-Bills game again, please, especially with the championship on the line. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the Rams. I, I don't see San Fran and, and Jimmy G being able to do it again. I think they're a little bit more of a, a Cinderella this year than they were in the year that they met the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They had no place being here, especially when you you judge the playoffs from from the beginning. And I think the Rams have been building toward this, and they always felt like they were a quarterback away. And Matt yep. Stafford, for what it's worth, they did blow that lead, but he came in that last drive, and I think you could see the emotion. And I, I think that carries over to what is the NFC title game takes place after the Chiefs. And yeah, I'll pick Chiefs Rams. And like I said, again, uh, for all of Kansas City and, and what would be the Chiefs kingdom, I hope I'm correct this year with, with the result. Uh, but, yeah, it would be cool to get the two teams uh, right uh, two years in a row for sure. All right, Pete. Well, we absolutely thank you for your time and thank you for making it up to us this week. I got <laughs> grilled last week by my co-host. as no, you yeah, I, I deserve a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I deserve it. I deserve it. I completely blanked and, and forgot and, and wasn't available. But you know what? It ended up working out because they won. We got to talk about what was, uh, you know, the, the greatest game we've seen in a long time. So I'm happy we were able to at least get some solos out of it for sure. That's yeah. right. Appreciate Incredible. it. Incredible. Thank All you. All right, fellas. And again, just really thankful that Pete Sweeney took the time out of his very busy day to. Uh, to come on and, and speak with some plebs who are just doing this because they love sports and love talking about it. Uh, so, Oh, Pete, Pete was awesome. It was, it was so good to have him on. Uh, just really insightful. It was great with our questions. So uh, that was awesome. Props to you for getting him on know, here. No biggie, so. no biggie. I can do a thing or two around here, but <laughs> anyways, much appreciated uh, for our analysis of this game. That game had everything you wanted in a football game against the Bills. It had ups and downs, late lead changes. I mean, it was one hell of a game. Um, and quite honestly, I fully believe that the only reason the Chiefs won the game is because they won the coin toss in overtime. Uh, the defense had issues all night 
long. Um, they could not stop Gabriel Davis. They focused on stopping Stephon Diggs, which good, but you just should not let a receiver do that to you. No, um, you know, despite the fact that obviously they were focused on keeping Stephon Diggs out of the game. Um, after what the Bengals did with their number one receiver, Jamar Chase, uh, Chiefs defense clearly made it a priority. Hey, we're not going to let the number one receiver beat us. Uh, well, they darn let number three receiver beat him after uh, Gabriel Davis went off for that eight catches, 200 yards, and four touchdowns. I think first receiver in playoff history with four receiving touchdowns in a game. Uh, it's not surprising that he got open so much just because of what they were doing to Diggs. They were obviously double-teaming Diggs quite a bit, so that left uh, the corners on an island with Davis. He's a big guy, uh, 6'3", 200, great player at a UCF. Um, this, he, he shined in this game, and him and Josh Allen could not have played a better football game. And uh, just props to them offensively. Obviously, the Ch- we talked about a little bit with Pete, but the Chiefs losing Honey Badger in that in this game was huge. Um, having to see Dan Sorensen on the field for quite a bit uh, ends up leading the Chiefs in tackles. So the fact that Sorensen was our leading tackler and we won this game, I think, is quite the accomplishment. Um, only giving up. 36 points uh, to a Bills offense that had been playing perfect football. I I legitimately feel so bad for Bills fans, for Bills players, because they they couldn't have played a better game. Yeah, and I mean, there's about three different times on that final drive, or really the final two minutes, that sitting up in the rafters at Arrowhead, I uh, I thought this game is over if we stop them right here, and that was. Uh, the fourth and 14 play, obviously oh unforgivable to allow a receiver to get behind the defense. They were playing zone across. My man fell over. <laughs> yeah, embarrassing. And then the one where uh, I think it was a, maybe a fourth and nine, fourth and I can't remember. It was near midfield. Josh Allen scrambled, and I thought about three different times then that someone was going to bring him down. And he just was elusive and uh, ran for the first. Oh, down. yeah. Freaking Clark. He baited Clark. He got him to jump a little bit with a pump fake. Clark should have had him in the backfield on that one. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs got Chiefs got pressure right away. He rolled out, made the first two guys miss, and then Clark had a legit shot at him, and Allen just gave a little pump and scrambled for that first down. And the Bills were 4-4 four four on fourth down that game. Uh, which, I mean, if they're 3-4, for four, is it that close? Like, kind of like Pete talked about, if we have Honey Badger that entire game, um, if Rashad Fenton's playing in this game, is the game that close? I don't know. Um, but holy cow, I that was an anxiety attack and a half. Yeah, and I'll say this about the Honey Badger, you know, he is this team's Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson, for years, was the organizer of this Chiefs defense and a signal caller and a mainstay and a top producer and when DJ didn't play, you noticed. And same thing when Honey Badger doesn't play, you notice as well. Things don't go nearly as smoothly. Offensively speaking for this game, I mean, there's nothing bad to say about this game, offensively speaking. 
Mahomes made every single freaking play all the way down to that final drive with 13 seconds left that will go down in Kansas City sports lore as being one of the most impressive things I have ever seen um, going around 40 yards in 13 seconds, you know. But thankfully, the Chiefs had their timeouts to use because had there been no timeouts, we're looking at a Hail Mary toss to the end zone for that second play, probably. And uh, I don't know that we get the results that we want. But obviously, Andy Reid just having them move the ball down the field in overtime was magical. Um, And I knew when the Chiefs won that coin toss that they were not going to be stopped. No, not a chance. Mahomes ended up six for six on that drive. Uh, That touchdown to Kelsey in the end zone was beautiful. And just to kind of go back to the beginning of the game, that first drive after the Bills went down the field pretty effortlessly and scored after converting that fourth down on the opening drive, uh, just to wait, the the way Patrick Mahomes ran the ball on that opening drive, and especially that eight-yard rush uh, for the touchdown. You know, he dove for the pylon, hit the pylon. I tweeted it out right then and there. Patrick Mahomes is not going to lose this game. Uh, It's been talked about by several Chiefs media. Like, this was an over-my-dead-body game for Mahomes. We said it last week. Whoever had the ball last was going to win. And the Chiefs had the ball last in regular. The Chiefs had the ball last in regulation with 13 seconds left, and it still held up because they got a field goal <laughs> with 13 seconds. There was the there was four go-ahead scores in the last two minutes of game time. Only that's only happened once before. It was like Ravens Vikings, which was an which was an insane game of its own, but it wasn't a playoff game. Um. Again, this game was insanity, and the Chiefs won the coin toss. Turns out, tails sometimes fails, and that was for Josh Allen and the Bills in overtime. Yeah, and uh, thankfully, I've got this game saved in my YouTube TV DVR, so I can go back and watch the the TV broadcast and relive it anytime I want to. Uh, now, moving into our analysis of Cincinnati. We talked about it with Pete, is that, you know, Joe Burrow is susceptible to be sacked. And should the Chiefs get to him and cause trouble, you know, I can guarantee you that the Chiefs offense is not going to make the same mistakes that the Tennessee offense did. Uh, Our quarterback play obviously is much better. Uh, We're a much better offensive team. We don't have a player returning after a however long injury with a steel plate in his foot. He he wasn't even the leading (laughs) rusher on his team. Uh, And, you know, I don't know. Obviously, we're the better team, better than the Titans. If we get to Joe Burrow and we put that kind of pressure or even remotely that kind of pressure on him, you know, I think we get this victory. Yeah, I would sure hope so. Chiefs started out hot in that first game against the Bengals, putting up 28 points in the first half. And then the Bengals limited them to three possessions in the second half, two of those being punts, one being a field goal, and they ended up winning that game. Like we talked about with Pete, Spags can't go out there and defend 
Jamar Chase the way that they did. And even, like no. Pete said, the coverage sometimes was decent on Chase, but the dude is such a ball winner. Uh, it was evident at LSU. Him and Burrow just have great chemistry, whether that's to go up and get it, whether it's to go over the top or go back shoulder. Like, those two know. Um, you know, the best example of that is, like, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, um, or even Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Like, on that uh, last play of regulation uh, prior to the field goal where Kelsey told Mahomes before the play, hey, I'm going to run something different. I'm going to run space on this one. And to be able to have that confidence, be able to have that trust, that's evident with Burrow and Chase. That's evident with Mahomes and Kelsey. And it's huge. It's it's going to be a major factor in this game. And I would not be surprised if the Chiefs uh, take a similar approach than they did against Buffalo and double Jamar Chase and let try and let T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd uh, be the hero, so to speak. Um, and as far as sacking Joe Burrow, they did that four times in that first game against Cincinnati, and that wasn't quite enough to get the job done. This was it was an explosive offensive game by both teams. Uh, the Chiefs have to come out with a little more fire in the second half, and the defense is certainly going to play a lot better, especially the secondary. So Honey Badger should be healthy, and that'll be huge for this game. Yeah, and we'll get to our official picks here a little later on, but I'll just say this that. The team that we're getting ready to play this week and the team that we played last week, they are going to be rivals for the next five to ten years, and that is a fact. You can take it to the bank. Um, moving in now, we uh, we decided to go ahead and extend coaching malpractice for one more week because <laughs> we were given some uh, we were given some ammunition. So I'll start with my good coaching job, and I had to look the guy's name up. The San Francisco 49ers special teams coach, Richard Hightower, you, sir, get my good coaching job of the week because you put on an absolute clinic against the Packers. And, you know, it could be said that the 49ers special teams is a big reason uh, as to why the 49ers actually won that game. They blocked a field goal at the end of the half that was a chip shot. They blocked a punt for their only touchdown of the day. Um, you know, great job by them. Still don't know how they went into freaking Lambo, Jimmy G playing with half a hand and won the game, but they got the job done. They're on to the next round. And at this point in the year, that's all that matters. Yep. No doubt. Well, for, I kind of want to save my, uh, good coaching job for last. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up on you here and go bad. Um, and I'm on the other end of this because I went Matt LaFleur and the Packers. Uh, the Packers scored one touchdown in this game at home. It was their opening drive, and they got one field goal after that. And this is a game where Jimmy Garoppolo had a pick. And when Jimmy Garoppolo turns the ball over, the Niners typically lose. They've lost most games when Jimmy G has a turnover, but they somehow won this one. And the fact that the Packers were only able to get one touchdown against this Niners defense at home, like you're telling me if 
Andy Reid's coaching this team or if Kyle Shanahan on the other sideline is coaching this team that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are only going to score 10 points at home in a do-it-all game, which, man, just just brutal, uh, tough to watch. They really couldn't get anybody outside of Jones and Adams involved in the game. They were missing Valdez Scantling, so that makes it difficult. But, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo had an 11.9 QBR in this game. The Niners had no business being in this football game, and the Packers let them win the game. Uh, just awful performance by Green Bay. And I'll go ahead and give my bad coaching job, and unfortunately it's got to go to Sean McDermott and Buffalo Bills. Uh, for the most part, his coaching job was actually really good. They exploited the weaknesses of the defense, which was uh, – Obviously, Josh Allen's legs and throwing the ball when the Honey Badger went out. However, the play call on the kickoff after they scored what they thought was the game-winning touchdown is mind-boggling. Why would you not squib the ball and start the clock by doing so? Instead, you kicked it deep. You gave them 25 free yards and allowed them to keep all their timeouts while having 13 seconds left, which, by the way, we now know, newsflash, is too much time for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. It was not a good idea. It doesn't take a genius to know, hey, that guy on the other side, we want to give him as little time as possible. What's a way that we can do that? Oh, well, we can squib kick the ball and make someone get tackled in the field of play and cause probably four to five seconds to run off the clock, but no. So also, like, uh, you know, just as puzzling to me is the defense that the Bills was, was playing on the, uh, the final drive leading to the field goal. Oof. Why yep. are you guarding the boundaries so heavily? They have three timeouts. The Chiefs had three timeouts. You know, whether or not they are in the field of play or going to the boundaries, they're going to stop the clock. You can afford to play up. They hardly gave up any big plays all night. Aside from Tyreek Hill's run, uh, uh, the touchdown catch and run. Yeah, aside yarder. from that, nothing yep. was like huge chunk plays. I mean, we had some close to 20, but, you know, just play defense. Mm -hmm. You don't have to play prevent in that situation. So, John McDermott, do better, but do better next year because you guys are on the couch again, courtesy of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, which I'm going to have to shout out to Buffalo because uh, they originally had the 10th pick in that draft that the Chiefs traded up for Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. So this two playoff victories over the Bills is just a uh, full cycle right now and that's i i was reminded of that today and just thought incredible how that works out um but my good coaching job goes to andy reed and the kansas city chiefs obviously the offense was explosive and i mean they put up 42 points but ultimately what this came down to with 13 seconds left right after the bills had just broken most of Kansas City's hearts thinking this game's over 
And he says to Patrick, when it's grim, go be the Grim Reaper. And oh boy, did Patrick go and snatch the souls <laughs> of every single person that has ever watched a Buffalo Bills game. So, shout out to Andy Reid for that. Uh, just incredible game. Uh, <laughs> I will remember this game for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Incredible. It's one of those games that you're going to remember where you were. You know, when the Royals won that wild card game in 2014, I know exactly where I was and exactly who I was with. This was... I was there Oh my at the God, game. I never knew that. What the heck? <laughs> That's crazy. But I got you this time because I was at this one. So, yep. what a game. Funny how you were at the baseball game and I was at, <laughs> and you were at the football exactly, game. Exactly. So, now moving into our pick of the week since there's only one game that's not the Chiefs game we've got the 49ers going to SoFi to play the Rams and uh, let me tell you this is not the NFC championship game that I thought was going to happen but it's the one we got and I'm going to take the Rams in this situation I know the Niners just beat the Rams a couple weeks ago However, at the quarterback position, regardless of the fact that Matthew Stafford has only played in like three or four playoff games and has never played in a game like this, then uh, the Rams are superior in the quarterback position. Their defense, in my opinion, is superior. Um, Their offensive weapons are superior. You see where I'm going with this. But I feel that if Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan can keep it close, it gives them a chance. We saw what happened in the Green Bay game. But I don't know that that's going to happen, so I'm taking the Rams. Yeah, I mean, you make a lot of great points. Um, About the Rams, they're obviously a very talented football team. Uh, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, best wide receiver in football this year. But the Niners have been feisty, and uh, they pulled off that upset at Lambeau. And one thing I think they can do in this game is take out, essentially, one of the Rams' key players, which is Jalen Ramsey. Uh, You're not going to put Jalen Ramsey in the box, and... They're going to put Dito in the backfield quite a bit in this game, I imagine. And that's going to present a mismatch for this Rams team who doesn't have a great uh, inside linebacker core. Uh, Donald obviously does his thing against the run, but I like the Niners' ability to kind of control the flow of the game. Now, Sean does that equally as well, but... I believe the Niners have won six straight against the Rams, and I think uh, Shanahan is like straight up seven and three against McVay overall. And I'm going to take the Niners here in an upset. Um, I thought their secondary would be exposed against the Packers, and they came out and played a heck of a game. Really, only they. You know, Devontae Adams got his, but it wasn't enough. And so if they can do that to Aaron Rodgers, I'm confident they can do it to Matt Stafford. So I'm going to take the Niners to get back to the Super Bowl. All right, now moving on to our pick, of course, the AFC Championship game for the fourth straight year, ladies and gentlemen, going through Arrowhead Stadium. That has never happened before. 
and we got the Bengals coming to town. We addressed it with Pete Sweeney. Joe Burrow's comments, albeit they were not directly related to Arrowhead, but still, Chiefs fans take offense to anything, so Joe Burrow and the Bengals are in for a treat this weekend, shall I say. Uh, Arrowhead is probably going to be the loudest that it has ever been. There's going to be more Chiefs fans there than Bengals, obviously. There was a lot of Bills fans at the game on on Sunday night, and what? you know you could hear them sometimes. There's not going to be Bengals fans there. You could hear those tables smashing. <laughs> You're right. We could. Uh, but bottom line, where does the experience lie? Where does the superior talent at positions lie? Minus wide receiver, of course. I'm thinking it's the Chiefs. And I'll say the caveat here. However, if the Chiefs allow Jamar Chase <laughs> to do the stuff that he did last time, I don't know if they can win. But I feel stupid saying that after just watching the game the other day. So I'm taking the Chiefs to go to their third straight Super Bowl, becoming only the fourth team in NFL history to do so. Chiefs Bengals yet again. Uh, Bengals are the only loss Chiefs have suffered while we have done this podcast. Uh, and they're going to avenge it, I'm telling and you. they're going to avenge it. I think you're correct about that. Uh, ultimately, when you go back and watch these two different divisional round games, the Bengals-Titans game was ugly. And Burrow took nine sacks and kid did a heck of a job because he kept getting up and he ultimately won that game for them. Um, well, Evan McPherson won that game for them, uh, that stud kicker, but, uh, Bengals struggled to, uh, you know, once they got on the Titans side of the field, Titans kept getting them in third down situations and were sacking. A lot of the times they were doing that with four man rush um, or like a, a mugged up look where they drop guys and the Bengals O-line couldn't handle that. And the Chiefs have a more talented front than the Titans. And Spags gets a little more exotic than Vrabel. Vrabel certainly has some, some stuff, don't get me wrong, uh, but Spags just gets a little crazier. And I think they'll be able to take advantage of that Bengals offensive line. I don't think Bengals regret that Jamar Chase pick for a second. Um, they'll get Burrow protection at some point, uh, but I'm sure he is, he, they would take Chase over again for sure. Um, but I imagine kind of talked about it earlier, but the Chiefs will probably end up doubling Jamar Chase, get him out of this game. Let it be T. Higgins, let it be Tyler Boyd, let it be Joe Mixon. Um, and those guys won't be enough against Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. So we're looking at Chiefs Niners. We're looking at a rematch from a couple years ago. Oh, boy. Can't hardly wait. Can't wait, as, as uh, Bart Scott would say. <laughs> anyway, that'll, that'll do it for us this week. Again, special thanks to Pete Sweeney for coming on and, and talking with us. Really, really grateful for that. And now it's time for the final play. Here I go. This week, I'm telling you what, guys. My pants are on the floor after that incredible week of football that we just had. 
I mean, I said earlier, I've never done cocaine. I've never done any kind of drugs like that. Oh, mom, dad, I've never done any drugs at all. Let me just clarify that. But it's got to be what it feels like right now. That whole weekend of football was top to bottom, probably the greatest that the NFL has ever seen. And you know what? Hopefully we're not disappointed this weekend. Hopefully we have two great games to watch. Albeit, I hope it's a great game for the Chiefs' sake that we destroy the Bengals and not make me have to go visit a heart surgeon to get some anxiety medicine or something. Because that was brutal. And then for the second part of this, Bill's Mafia. I am disappointed at the lack of table breaking (laughs) in the Arrowhead parking lot. I saw a couple guys. I saw one Bills fan. He didn't even break it on the oh, first time. Oh, tough scene. Man, if you can't break the table on the first time, just don't even try. But I'm disappointed at the lack of people jumping off trucks and buses. And you told me earlier you saw a video of a guy jumping off a porta potty. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. But disappointed overall. Bills Mafia, you guys did not meet my expectations i'm very sad however you guys are sad because (laughs) you're on the couch now